Welcome to Aussie Ambitions Podcast, where we meet with everyday Aussies that are pushing ahead with their goals and ambitions in life. Join your host, Scott Robert Springer, to explore the future of entrepreneurship, work-life balance, and reaching beyond your comfort zone. So stay tuned for some tips on living life the Aussie way. All right. Welcome to the Aussie Ambitions Podcast. We have got an amazing episode for you today. Uh, We've got Dr. Hazel Harrington. Welcome, Hazel. How are you? Thank you so much, Scott. I'm so excited to be here on this podcast. And I know we're going to have a lot of fun as we talk about my entrepreneurial journey. We've already had so much uh, that we've shared uh, before this, and I'm looking forward to this one. Wonderful. Yes, indeed. So for everybody listening in, um, this is an interesting one where we've got someone with a tremendous amount of experience. Um, she's actually been on the microphone a lot. Um, and so let me just get the introduction out of the way, and then we can connect with uh, with Dr. Harrington just to hear a little bit about what she's working on. So I'll introduce her. She's a business strategist. She's a startup specialist. Uh, she's done celebrity interviews, multi-award winner, um, keynote speaker. That's notable as well in recent times, and even in the last two years, some big, big um, congresses. Um, she does corporate consulting and uh, many other things. So welcome again. And um, I just would uh, like you to tell us a bit about what you're working on today. Thank you, Scott. Well, I'm so excited. I've just uh, launched a new business and it's um, online and it's called Harrington Publications Worldwide. And we uh, publish books, magazines um, for authors. And we also work with SAG in Hollywood. So if you're looking at publishing a book, uh, we will uh, help you publish that book and um if you also want to uh, start a magazine, maybe you're corporate, you're a head of a chamber of commerce, we will help you start your magazine. Um, I know there's a lot of people that think it's a difficult thing to do and maybe they don't have time. So that's what we do. We actually take uh, uh, your company and we make and we just uh, create this magazine. And so we, we're so excited. Besides that, we also do ethics and leadership training We are so excited and publishing two magazines at the moment, the presidential, and I have the uh, license and certification to uh, edit and publish this magazine uh, in association with the United States uh, Presidential Service Center. So it's so exciting and I can't wait to launch the first issue in April 2021. Okay. Well, so we're right on the cusp of it then. Yeah. Um, some big things going on. Uh, um, I think the the natural starting point would be, um, given that we're on the Ambitions podcast and we've got a lot of local Australians coming on, um, you're based here on the Gold Coast? Absolutely. Um, I've been based in the Gold Coast for six years. I went to university here at uh, Griffith University and I love the Gold Coast. The weather is fantastic. Uh, the people are amazing and there's no place I'd rather be. Fantastic. And so just hearing through the projects that you were describing, so the, the SAG Hollywood, that's Screen Actors Guild, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Um, so that seems a bit of world apart of, from this part of the world, although there is movie world and uh, some of the connections with Hollywood here. What? Um, how do your projects connect with Australia? Or is, it, is there um, history there about you being in America before this? Yeah, Scott, that's a fantastic question. Um, You know, you may be listening uh, to this podcast and you're wondering uh, to yourself, um, we're going through uh, a pandemic at the moment. Am I going to make it? I want to encourage you and and tell you that, yes, you can. 
before I started this project, I was um, going to be traveling to America to speak on a global platform, interview celebrities, uh, which is something that I was doing. And I was stuck because now because of COVID, uh, my business collapsed and I, I started going into the marketplace looking for a job. And I was afraid and I didn't know how to put the bread and butter on the table. And um, I, I'm not sure where you are at the moment and you're listening. I want you to know that, yes, you can. Yes, you can uh, get up again and uh, don't be discouraged. Um, where there's a problem, there's a business. The idea is that you shouldn't have a thinking problem. We may have a crisis, but we shouldn't have a thinking problem, which leads me to my past experience in America. I remember coming to Australia um, from Zimbabwe and I was wailing and crying at the airport, not knowing what was going to happen to me. And years where I'd like to talk about America is that in coming to Australia, I went to university. I was empowered, equipped at university. I was educated, which is very important. Then doors started opening for me. I went to America to massive uh, business conferences, uh, connected with uh, people here in Australia who opened doors for me. In America, I've interviewed Mal Gibson, Charlie Sheen, Joe Kilcher. And uh, what am I trying to say is that, you know, you have something to offer the world, but you've got to overcome that quitting mentality, you know, is that... Um, we were talking with Scott about entrepreneurship, that not everyone is an entrepreneur because entrepreneurs are risk takers. I had to take some risks. I had to invest in myself. And um, Scott and I were talking earlier as well about investments. You got to know the right investments. You know, you can't be using thousands of dollars in projects that are not going to empower you where you, um, you, you're not able to monetize your brand or your business. Hmm. Yeah, I think this will be uh, really much a topic on, on entrepreneurship and how uh, you have guided people through the public speaking, but also coaching and, and other aspects. Um, and I think the listeners may be at a point where they're considering what their future, what, what their future holds. Uh, maybe they're in a, a job, a traditional job, mm -hmm. if they've been fortunate to hang on to that through the COVID period. Mm -hmm. um, or they are, uh, they've had a life change and now they need to on the hard times and now they need to reinvent their yeah. their mental point of view um and and so your your personal story is quite interesting because i imagine that any advice or any um training and strategy that you would recommend is based on perhaps personal experience or what you've seen at least mm -hmm. with others um if we just go back to your uh basically your personal story about yeah. where where all this came from so obviously you're at a point now where you're um there's a network and people following what you're doing. Yeah. But before that, um, what what skills did you acquire? How did you get to where you are now? Yeah. Well, um, I did a Bachelor of Business at Griffith University. And every semester I would go back to Africa and run business workshops. And what also ended up happening is that an opportunity uh, was created in Australia for me to travel to America. I saw an ad on social media where we had an organization from the United States that was meeting up with entrepreneurs and they were going to create a platform for them to speak. 
on their platform in America and also coach you on how you could build a strong global brand. And so I went to that workshop and um, it, it just opened massive doors for me. I ended up traveling to South Africa, meeting South Africa's first uh, billionaire, Patrice Mutsopi, Mutsopi, um Nelson Mandela's grandson. And it, it just opened massive doors. And then I was still at university. And uh, when I was at Griffith University, they had an amazing mentorship group and, and you know, they skilled uh, lecturers and mentors also helped me and shaped me in who uh, I've become. And the important thing is that uh, the current crisis has affected everybody. But do you, I think a lot of people don't realize is that even for those that have lost their job, that they experience what happens is that when we get a job, we're not supposed to be in that job forever. There comes a time where we need to now uh, start building our own business. You know, the job is there for us to gain the, the wealth of experience that we need to start our own businesses. But there's a fear element. And, and, and we've got a lot of some people that are listening and you're afraid. And, and it's a normal thing. There's the, the fear of the unknown. Um, the fear of failure, the, people, the fear of what will people say, you know, and it's, it's, we, we talk about this, it's called risk management. And that's why it's important to do your research. Even with any business that you're going to start, you've got to do your due diligence and your research. And what I learned, the mistakes I made when I was starting my business is that we, we try to save costs, engage in a lawyer, um, engage in the experts that will help you. Uh, build your foundation properly. And I always encourage people, don't do that. Uh, make sure that you do your due diligence properly, even the people that you're going to work with, uh, especially when it comes to your organization. Um, uh, your network is your net worth. Um, who you surround yourself with is who you become. And I can tell where you're going by the people you surround yourself with. I'm just uh, obviously scribbling down on my piece of paper here, but um, your network is your net worth. Yeah. That is uh, had you, is that something that's uh, a bit of a obviously in your network is that something that's well well understood and well known out there or is that a newer train of thought around i'm just trying to get a sense of the the wave of um of thinking around that but the idea of being part of a community and then the, yep. the network is it that the network is working towards the common cause or you could have a network that's just diverse perhaps and maybe that's uh, I'm just curious in your thought around what makes a yeah. good network for you. Um, what makes a good network for me is a network that loves to empower each other. I think uh, the most important thing in uh, when it comes to joining groups and networking with others, which is very important, is that um, we've got to be able to surround ourselves with people that want to see us do well. You know, um, I've done a lot of business and uh, been around a lot of people and networked a lot of people uh, on both sides of the coin, those that want to see me do well and those that didn't. And we've got no business, you know, uh, uh, giving time to those that don't want to help us succeed, you know, just because we want to be part of the group. Um, networking is so important. Uh, when I came to Australia, uh, when I was uh, started going to university, I was afraid to go out there and meet people. And then when I when I got into real estate, um, one of the most important things about real estate is that you gotta go meet people or else there's no business. So I started going out there, meeting people, going to events, 
and people do business with people that they trust. I'm not going to give you uh, my property or my investment with millions of dollars and I don't trust you. So I know because of COVID, not a lot of people are going out and doing events, but go online, you know, uh, connect with people. Uh, there's a lot of events that are happening. And you, you, you talked about your network is your network. Yes, it is. Because when people trust you and they see you and um, you build rapport with them and you are opening doors for each other, they'll remember you, you know, and you, you are both creating value for each other. And networking is about, a, it's a give and take relationship. You know, if I open a door for you at some point, I'm also expecting you to help me in my time of need, you know. So um, what's my advice? you listening. Hang around with the, the go-getters, you know, those people that want to see you do well. And stop wasting your time on people that are full of talk and they're wasting your time. You're going meeting after meeting and you're going nowhere. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. I was uh, visualizing that when you're describing the network, and I'm thinking, you know, people look at their own um, their own bubble. They've got themselves, their family, and there's sort of this outer layer, and it kind of expands and expands. And then you've got these um, friends of friends, and so on. And with social networking, a lot of it's just formalized. On LinkedIn, for example, you can have yeah. connections, and Facebook, you have connections and followers, and all of this. Um, but what I liked what you were saying is that um, even if it, so, the network is your net worth. But that's not necessarily, um, it actually is complementary. So in a traditional sense, if on a net worth, you're, you're just counting your assets and your liabilities. It's what, are you, what have you got? Um, but in that sense of networking, um, someone else within your network, like you said, ev everyone helps everyone else. Yeah. And so um, their net worth doesn't compete with your own. It's like you're adding value across the system and everyone's sort of lifted, I feel. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, and you can start small. You don't have to feel like uh, you need to instantly reach out, even if you've got, you know, a startup company, you know, that mm -hmm. comes with an idea. And I think you've got experience with startups as well, but yeah. surely there's an idea and then gradually, I feel like the inner circle is probably the most important because mm -hmm. if you have if you have somebody that's not the strong, they're not all strong links, you might mm -hmm. um, not be as successful probably, or you might get distracted. Um, do, do you have any feeling on on that, like in, in terms of immediate surrounding and and how you who you surround yourself, like as you described, um, mm -hmm. is there uh, uh, an ideal size uh, for starting a company? You know, is it, do you need a team of 10 or is, is it okay to start with two and three in order to get that balance right? I would say um, when you start in a team, a minimum of uh, three or four people, you know, uh, you need people around you who can also um, uh, give you advice, you know. And, and Scott, you touched on a point that's so important is that leaders uh, are willing to take advice. One thing that I'm so passionate about is leadership. And, you know, we have a lot of people that say they're leaders and, you know, for some reason they've really accomplished so much, but then there's, there's just some flaws in their character that uh, we see. And um, when you start in a business, you need to surround yourself uh, with uh, people that are also going to be able to assist you as you build your brand. Because, you know, we can get so caught up in our vision you know, I've seen a lot of people, they're so in love with their vision, they're obsessed with it, and they're just living in a bubble. And yet the people around you, they can see, 
they can see what I mean, where you're going wrong. They can see how people are relating to this business that you're starting. But if you're a lone ranger, you know what I mean? And worst of all is if you're not able, willing to take advice, it's a, it's a very dangerous situation. Hmm. I'm, uh, I'm taking a lot of this down, so I appreciate, appreciate <laughs> you sharing. Because again, you would have seen so many different businesses and, and models. Um, are there some industries that you gravitate towards, like that you just find uh, are a bit fun to operate in? Uh, what's your favorite kind of business these days? You know, I've always been passionate about um, entrepreneurship, leadership, uh, branding, uh, marketing. I mean, those the and I mean, I'm I'm an expert in those areas. You know, and and this um, it leads me to also share on being the best in what you do. If you're going to go into business, you've got to be an expert in that field. You've got to know what you're doing. Because people are willing to pay for a unique, authentic product. And why are people going to pay for it? Because it's different. Because you know what you're talking about. And so if you're going to open a business, make sure that you are the best at it. You know, and I'm not saying, okay, number one globally, but you're the best at it, uh, between your community, in your area, um, in your country. And that's why people are going to pay for it. Because if you just... I mean, providing a similar product to everybody else. Well, I'm going to go out of my way and leave the big, bigger brands, you know, and do business with you. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, I was just—you just got me thinking about, you know, the different industries and which ones are maybe attracting more entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. um, the one that comes to mind is e-commerce. Everyone's mm -hmm. sort of thinking, well, it's well established now. There was a point when e-commerce mm -hmm. was like an extension. It might be, you know, 10% of the business and everything else was still sold through, sold through a retail store. But now mm -hmm. it's well accepted. People are ordering things online, groceries, uh, yeah. know, clothing for sure. Is, is that something, are you noticing any areas there that are emerging with uh, certain demographics, perhaps women or maybe maybe younger people are actually mm -hmm getting more active in that space like do you ever do you notice any differences with pockets of groups so women younger people um men of a certain age yeah, yeah. um in terms of e-commerce i find that um a lot of young people especially the university graduates are going into that the reality is is that everything is going online i believe that everybody's going to have to learn and to be able to understand what e-commerce is all about because especially with covid and actually, right now, if you don't know anything about e-commerce, you don't know even how to uh, how um, how to sell uh, products online. Then we we've really got a, a problem, Scott. Why are we online? We are online. If your business is online, it's to make money. If you're online and you're not making money, you need to know what e-commerce is all about. You know, and I've had. Um, uh, one of my websites and it's been online and it wasn't making money. So why are we paying the monthly subscriptions? Why are we paying? You know, okay, we want to uh, have a digital footprint, but if it's a business, if it's a company, there must be a call to action. What's a call to action? That's why we're talking about e-commerce, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's clear. And there's all, then we enter in the world of people giving advice. And um, if you're starting a business, sometimes there, it's tempting. There's other companies that will recommend a turnkey mm -hmm. e-commerce package ready to go. But if yeah. you haven't actually put yourself in the, the position of driving that business beyond the first three months, um, yeah, the likelihood of that carrying on is pretty slim. I think they, whether they, people study for this kind of thing or um, have some mentorship or 
yeah, I think it's just about having those steps about um, how to make money at the earliest possible yeah. stage. Yeah. Because yeah? that that's becomes de-risking. You talked about risk management, but you need an income for yourself and for your immediate, you know, if you're hiring staff early on. So um, just on, um, just looking at the education and where people get this kind of information, what, what are your thoughts about people searching on the internet for advice and trying to self-educate? Is that is that a liability? Can that, can that go wrong? <laughs> yes, it can. I'm an advocate for uh, when it comes to mentorship and, and business coaching. Uh, I'm also a business coach and I've been doing uh, business coaching for a while and I will not stop. I know I've started a publishing company, but um, there's always a need for a business coach. Um, I've actually partnered with Martin Mangiello uh, from Mangiello Associates, and we are doing ethics and leadership training for organizations, which is important because um, we believe that organizations need to uh, be able to equip and empower their employees on um, uh, ethics in business. Um, and, 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 this, and, and this is to prevent, uh, you know what I mean, um, bad things from happening in the company. You know, uh, people, some organizations are not prioritizing um, ethics and um, leadership training, and it ends up uh, biting them, you know, somewhere along the line. I mean, with the recent uh, incident with Harvey Weinstein, people having meetings in hotel rooms. These things are happening. You know, we talk about that. Uh, people being able to speak up. Uh, we were talking earlier that uh, a lot of people are afraid to speak up in an organization. And when they see their leadership are making wrong decisions or people are being discriminated against, we talk about these things. And um, when we do uh, ethics and leadership training, uh, the uh, the CEOs, uh, the, the leaders, uh, the, the the people in 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 the powerful positions, they're not allowed to be in these training courses so that people can speak up. And it's it's just a powerful. Um, training um, course and we encourage organizations to reach out to us at herringtonpublications.com for more information on that. Mm. And uh, talking about business coaching, I have a mentor and uh, Martin, uh, my business partner, he's uh, also uh, my mentor. Um, he's equipped and empowered me so that I don't have to make the mistakes that he's made before. That's why it's important to have a business coach and uh, a mentor. A business coach helps you on how to start, grow, and monetize your business. You've got no business getting a business coach if they're not going to teach you how to monetize your business. Please, I will repeat that. I will repeat. If you're going to get a business coach, the very first question you need to ask is, when and how am I going to monetize my business? And um, and that's the amazing thing about Martin is that I mean everything that we do is that are we going to make money out of this? Because why are we doing business if we're not going to make profit? I mean we've all learned this in university. For those that have done uh, business, is that we go into business to make profits. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. That's very um, that's very accurate in terms of and even sustainability. Like some people think of profits and they think, okay, is that just is it? Is it pursuit of greed and just trying to pile up the the money? But it, and truly, it's sustainability. You those profits represent an ability to live longer, mm -hmm. the company itself, and then hire more people and and onward effects. So, yeah, just to put that out there. But um, look in, in terms of the uh, the business coaching side of things, I think that's 
important because it feels like um, there's a, a shift to people using their skills to become business coaches. Yeah. Um, is it the type of thing that, um, how many business coaches to a business? I'm just curious on the relationship. I'm thinking mentor, protege. Sometimes it's a very tight one-to-one business coach. How many businesses would a business coach normally keep in their portfolio? You know, I don't have too many uh, business coaches um, throughout my career, and I can name my, my business coaches. Um, when I was at uh, university, I had a lot of uh, lecturers and uh, teachers that were equipping and empowering me, and they were not my business coaches. But when I, I was traveling to America and I was building my brand, I was actually coached by the best. Uh, this is the JT Fox organization. I mean, uh, they are the best when it comes to marketing and branding. I learned how to market and to brand my brand. And and then afterwards now, uh, my mentor and my coach, uh, Martin Mongello, who's an expert at monetizing your brand. Um, we've also started uh, courses on how to monetize your business because we saw that there's a need, you know. Uh, we were talking about that, Scott, is that um, nowadays we've got so many business coaches. Everybody's a business coach. But I know if you're a good business coach, if you can equip and empower entrepreneurs to monetize their brand, and Martin Mongiello is an expert at equipping and empowering you to monetize your brand within six to eight weeks. And I'm a living testimony to that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we are equipping and empowering, empowering entrepreneurs on how to monetize their brand. And so, yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. I, I like that you've put a clear timeline to that. I think yeah. that, that just <laughs> helps people understand that um, you may have an idea, you may have put in mm -hmm. some hard work, um, but at the moment where you're at now, if you're not already sustainable in your idea or your side business or your hustle, uh, put a timeline on it. So let's say eight weeks, how can you get profitable? And that that is a healthy step. So that's some nice free advice essentially yeah. that um, that people, people can apply. Um, the other thing I was I was thinking about is just more about um, the biggest areas of need at the moment. And I yeah. think you being in Australia, you'd have a certain perspective on what you see around you. Um, and I picked up on on your profile, your LinkedIn profile, the mention of working with ind indigenous and perhaps mm -hmm. um, underprivileged mm -hmm. uh, sec sectors. Um, can you tell us a bit about that um, in terms of how um, how, what what does the touch point look like? How are they receiving information to help them um, succeed? Do you think? Yeah, in Australia, that was one of the projects that we worked on last year, where we had a lot of uh, Australian celebrities, and uh, I was also equipped and uh, selected to be one of the people that would help the indigenous community uh, to speak up uh, so that they could be heard. Uh, in my area, is that because I had access to celebrities who could actually support and uh, empower the indigenous community in in business as well. We had a lot of women that were coming up with new projects and they needed uh, uh, exposure. I think the most important thing about the indigenous community that uh, we talked about uh, last year is that what do the indigenous community, especially in Australia, need right now is that they don't need money thrown at them anymore. You know, um, uh, this is one of the main the things that we discussed last year is that, uh, in other words, if they don't need that, what do they need? Is that they need people to go into the communities and equip and empower them, uh, running business workshops, uh, uh, like we're talking about equipping and empowering um, uh, women and youth to become 
economic economically independent and wholly sufficient. And how is that financial literacy? You know, you can give me a thousand dollars, but if I don't know how to manage that money, how to save it, you're wasting your time. And this is the thing uh, that I love about Australia. Yes, it's 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 uh, it equips and empowers. It's people that are struggling, and it gives uh, us funding. But if you're not gonna equip us and empower us on how to save that money, we're wasting our time. Mm. That's interesting. I'm I'm definitely keen to to look at everything, all the activities that are happening, because it's sometimes uh, people are just going about their daily lives, but you don't come across the information uh, or the events and so on. Um, is there a, what do you recommend is a good uh, source of information in Australia, in your field? Like you mentioned some, uh, I think it was um, some of the ma major congresses that are happening. Are those published in a central calendar somewhere or um, like the, the ones from last year, the Entrepreneurship Congress and so on? Um, geez. Um... The way well, it's just gone out of my mind. I mean, I imagine they're promoting themselves quite actively. So um, mm -hmm. for those in the in the circle, so maybe on Deadly Guardians. <laughs> you know, it just gone out of my mind. Say so it. if you go on Instagram, uh, if you go to the Deadly Guardians um, on Instagram, Deadly Guardians as well. So they've got a, a lot of uh, Australian celebrities, uh, footballers, um, and then they're also helping with uh, mentorship programs as well, going into schools and um, helping out the youth on suicide prevention as well. As well, so let's just say we've got people in the indigenous community that are struggling with drugs and uh, their job is to help them to stay in school as well. And this is part of also what I was doing. Mm. Okay. But with me, it's more of the women empowerment, uh, equipping and empowering so that they can become economically independent, wholly sufficient. And that's where I come in. Wonderful. Um, yeah, look, I mean, uh, you've got a unique perspective and you've done and seen and met many people. Um, I'm curious how it, how it feels to be you, really. Mm -hmm. um, so having been on stage, at these con congresses, how does that feel? Um, obviously, maybe the first time you've d you did it, and now that you've done it a few times, um, you're, you're on stage, and then an audience of how many people, roughly? Wow. Um, the biggest audience I've spoken on um, is for the Tony Robbins event in Australia. And um, I spoke, well, it wasn't for too long, though, but... Uh, there was 8,000 plus people and I shared my testimony and it was just uh, wonderful. Uh, the second largest audience I would say was in South Africa, 2,500 plus uh, in America as well for uh, one of the biggest business events, um, mega Mega, mega success. That's right. Yeah, and you know it's just been amazing. And obviously in Africa, my big, uh, my own events, youth empowerment, uh, women empowerment, uh, thousand plus. So to date, I've empowered more than fifty thousand people overall, and and I'm proud of it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think certainly, um, and and outside of Australia as well. And so you've got these touch points. Yeah. Um, so I guess the bigger question is what. Uh, Obviously, how do you get the balance in your life? You probably get pulled in all sorts of directions. Um, what is a typical day like for you these days? Yeah, you know, Scott, it's all about creating the balance. Um, a typical morning for me is getting up uh, and um, I love the Lord. I say without uh, the Lord, I'm nothing and I can do nothing. And when I say I love the Lord is that um, I am a Christian and I love Jesus. And so I take some time out to pray and 
after praying, I get my daughter ready for school. And then I take her to school, uh, get back, and then I start um, uh, working, um, obviously get some exercise in there before um, I go to work. I mean, now everything, I work from home uh, due to COVID and my new business is online, so I'm blessed. Uh, working from home and then uh, going to meetings uh, such as this and meeting up uh, with uh, colleagues and friends on, on Fridays. I cannot stress how important it is to create the balance. A lot of people are overworked and uh, suffering from all kinds of ailments. I, I remember when I was just overworking myself, I started having problems with my eyes, dry eye, and you know, you're overworking yourself. And I mean, for what? You know, we've got to create the balance, you know. And I think when you create boundaries with your business partners, and you know, you, 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 you the one, you determine how your day goes. You determine what happens with your health because everybody is can be replaced. You know, you may be listening and you are a CEO of a huge conglomerate and company and you're not spending time with your family. I want to tell you that the day you end up in hospital and you're in hospital for months on, they are going to be able to replace you. And everybody, there's nobody that's irreplaceable. And uh, the time that has been taken away from your family is just so painful. And um, I always encourage people, create the balance. You have the rule book. You, you draw the line. Uh, weekends, I'm with my family. And this doesn't apply to everybody. Some people will work weekends and then during the week they're free. So um, make time out for yourself first because if you're not well rested, you're not exercising, you have benefit to nobody. Tired, exhausted, grumpy and irritable to your family because you have not rested well. So take time out. It's called me time. Take time out for your family and your children. Love your wife. Um, and, 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 and don't give them the scraps of your time. Give them quality time. You know, and the children are watching. The children are watching. Most abusers have seen their father, their mother abuse um, uh, their spouse. You know, they're watching. So um, the seed that you sow is the fruit that will, you know what I mean? That will, the, the seed that you sow, in, it, it, it must be a good fruit for your children and future generations. Mm. Mm. That's a powerful message. Mm. I appreciate you sharing. And I, I, I think that um, a lot of the podcasting, you know, theme that we wanted to get to is just how people live their lives and maybe sharing some of those, um, those positive uh, the positive framework that they have. Like you said, there's some structure mm -hmm. to your day mm -hmm. and it helps you because that structure is in place. It sounds like that's a regular thing. So every morning mm -hmm. certain, and then you proceed and proceed. And then at the end of the day, you lived a full day uh, yeah. and a fulfilling day. Um, mm -hmm. The uh, yeah. And the idea of balance, I just wanted to ask you about the topic of perhaps legacy, because yeah. I feel like <laughs> it's, it's, we've got a lot of focus on the startup. Mm -hmm. with other guests and trying to help people embrace being free and pursuing things. But when you get to a certain point, you've done a lot of things. You've got a very long list of accomplishments. Uh, I should say again, multi-award winner, keynote speaker, and so on. So there'll always be things for you to do. People want your time. But does the, the word legacy come into the picture in terms of longer lasting, um, you know, not recognition, but it's just a mark that you've made mm -hmm. in the world? 
Absolutely. I, um, like I said, I'm passionate about leadership and, and leadership is definitely, definitely transgenerational. I definitely like to leave a positive legacy uh, for my children. And uh, Australia is a very important part of my legacy. Um, you, you need to know that um, without Australia, um, I would not be able to impact the women that I've impacted in Zimbabwe. Um, I truly believe, and, and I'm confident in saying this, that is, I, there's a lot of trends uh, that I've set in Zimbabwe in terms of entrepreneurship. And I, and I do believe that people are watching me. If anything, uh, for women of color that are going to be coming into Australia and questioning and asking themselves, can I make it in this country? Isn't it? Are there opportunities for women of color? The answer is yes. I mean, we've seen history being made right now in the United States of America. Kamala Harris, first vice president of the United States of America. I'd like to see that in Australia. Will I be part of that um, legacy? Oh, yes. I think about it. What's going to happen in the future? Will Hazel get into politics? Oh, yes. You know, uh, we don't know what's going to happen in the future, but if not me, then who? That question gave mm. me goosebumps. I do love that. If not me, then who? <laughs> I, honestly, yes, you know. It, mm -hmm. go, it goes back full circle to what you said, I think, before. We were talking about, you know, every 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 problem that you could see out there in the world is an opportunity, is a business. Yeah. Um, you know, if not me, then who? Uh, I think it's powerful. So if people haven't considered where their place is in the world, <laughs> have a look around. Is it all roses? Or can you do something about it um, and have fun doing it? Yes, I think, yeah, I think business is fun. Um, yeah, business shouldn't be so serious, you know, and I want to stress that again is that, um, you know, when uh, I just, what I just said right now is that if not me, then who? I was driving to this interview and I looked at my life and I was like, oh, I don't want to be doing this and I don't want to, maybe I should, you know, just stop where I am and just be grateful. But you know what? If I'm not going to be a voice you know, in this nation or I don't know any other nation and to speak up, then if not me, then what was this all about? Why did I come to Australia? Why did I educate myself? Why have I been through the things that I've been through? And, you know, it's just like the Bible. God never, ever used anybody that was perfect. He takes the mess. He takes the people that are an absolute mess and he just molds them and then he equips them and then they're ready and they have a testimony. Show me a perfect person that has a testimony that will shake nations and equip and empower people. I don't know. But the reality is in the world we live in, they're looking for perfect people. I personally, when I'm building a business, I look for the problem solvers, the people that have been in a problem and have solved some of the most complex problems. My favorite quote of my own, the future belongs to those who are willing to solve complex problems and innovate. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you sharing that. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Look, I think people will be very uh, appreciative of your time that you've mm -hmm. shared that with us today. And if they wanted to follow you, you can just point us in the right direction. Um, so we we did find you on LinkedIn for so for public speaking engagements and so on. Um, are you still taking opportunities in that space? Would you would you consider doing more public speaking, or is your 
Um, oh yeah, what are you? What are you, what are you open to? <laughs> I'm still doing um, uh, public speaking, uh, business coaching, and I'm uh, also doing ethics and leadership training. Yeah. And um, the most important thing: how people can monetize their brands. And those are the topics that I want to speak on: ethics and leadership, how you can monetize your business, and uh, definitely marketing and branding. How I built uh, my brand. You can get in touch with me. Um, you can go onto my website www.herringtonpublications.com uh, and you can email me at info at herringtonpublications.com and let's do business. That's amazing. Dr. Hazel Harrington, thank you very much. Uh, we appreciate your time and uh, we welcome you back anytime. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, Scott. Thank you, guys. Take care, guys. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Aussie Ambitions podcast. We appreciate your support and welcome your input. So if there is a topic that you would like to see covered, please let us know via our website, aussieambitions.com or any of our social media accounts. And please subscribe to receive all of our updates. We hope that you picked up some helpful tips helping you to get to where you want to go. And if you've got a story to tell and are able to come for a visit, definitely get in touch. <laughs>